Okay, welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. My name's Sina, and I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this episode, I spoke to Ian Roth, who gives a leadership masterclass on how to be an effective leader from his experience being in the USA Army, seeing action in Afghanistan. This is the first time for me that I've had someone on the podcast that's been um, overseas, so it's a pretty cool experience for me. He also gives an insight into what it's like running two podcasts while working full-time with a family and tips for any aspiring podcasters. I'm starting a new thing on the podcast where every week I'm going to give a shout out to one of you guys who leaves a written review on the podcast just because I feel like I always ask you guys to do it but you're not getting enough love in the process because, you know, it might just feel like you leave it and that's it. But I do actually read every single one and um, yeah, it's really nice to leave one. So that's why that's my thought process behind it so if you do want to get featured in a future episode in the next one in fact you should leave a written review um, on apple Podcasts. And i'll be sure to to read out on the next one and so this week i've picked out one from dingbat chat which is another podcast actually you should check them out and they say this podcast feels incredibly relevant the guests and the ideas and the concepts they're all forward thinking and weird <laughs> unique to, to the uh, millennial generation i look forward to each new episode Thank you so much for that comment. It was really nice to, to read. And yeah, as I say, if you do want to get featured in, in the next episode, be sure to leave a written review and I'll read it out. I'll give you a little shout out. Be sure to follow us on our Instagram page because that's where all the new episodes get announced. And yeah, it'd be really good to follow us on there. Uh, you give some feedback on there as well if you like. So yeah, without further ado, let's get on the episode. Hey Ian, how are you? Good. What's going on, man? Mate, this is a this is a milestone for my podcast because I haven't had anyone uh, from another country uh, that I've interviewed. So you're in you're in the US. So the Millennial Entrepreneur, the podcast, has gone uh, it's gone global. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. Well, it's an honor and a privilege to be your first ever international guest. Yeah. Well, yeah, because like you're a bit further down in the podcasting journey to me. And I was telling you before we recorded, I actually didn't know that you had two podcasts. I thought you only had one, the the Talking Llama podcast, which is which covers you know how to start a podcast. But then you also have the Get Heard podcast, which actually sounds really interesting and one that I, I definitely I'm looking forward to listening. How about you just kind of like start off with saying what those two podcasts are? Yeah, totally, man. Well, again, thanks for being on the show, and you know it was an honor to have you on my show a couple weeks ago or last week, whenever it was. And yeah, definitely appreciate the opportunity. So I do have two podcasts. The Talking Llama podcast is just exactly what you said. It's a podcast about podcasting and other creative ventures. Talk to basically people in the content creation field on how they do it, some best practices. And, you know, they kind of tell their stories as to how they started and how they maintain kind of their content publication. And then the Get Heard podcast, which was actually... My first podcast that came before Talking Llama is about leadership and communication and, you know, me sharing some of my leadership mistakes I've made in my professional career and speaking with some other people who are willing to share theirs also. And again, kind of talking about best practices, things that lessons that they've learned, ways they've become better leaders, better subject matter experts in their field and better communicators. So a lot of folks on there talking about how to communicate effectively, whether it's through public speaking 
or even something as easy as writing a clear and effective email. That's really cool. Yeah, I as I said, I didn't I didn't actually know that existed. So I definitely, yeah, I was definitely gonna check that out because it's really cool. And it's also one that, so it's about leadership and you you go you got those skills from the army is that correct yeah that's right so how 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 would you say your experiences in the military informed your sort of uh yeah how would you say that kind of improved your leadership skills well i went it goes all the way back to college or i think university as you all say i want to make sure i'm appealing to the international crowd <laughs> university right yeah. And no. uh, so I did four years of ROTC, which is called Reserve Officers Training Corps. So during my four years, I did a lot of military classes and other thing, leadership kind of themed things and subjects so that when I graduated after those four years, I was a commissioned officer and came in the service as a lieutenant. So a lot of really, really great foundational leadership training there. And then kind of throughout my military career and my uh, actually was in the civilian world for a while, my professional career in leadership. Just, I, I've had the opportunity to be around some of the, I would argue, best leaders in the world and the army for sure. And then I've also had the displeasure of being around some terrible leaders too. So I just wanted to share my experiences with the good and the bad and uh, some mistakes that I've made along the way, some things I've learned along the way. And just kind of get that out there so people listening to the show can, you know, maybe if they're new to the leadership world, can kind of learn from my mistakes and hopefully not repeat them. What has been the biggest sort of leadership mistake that you've made? It's really, really difficult, especially when you are a young leader coming out of yeah. university at 22 or so to hold people accountable because you feel like you're the bad guy. And it's very uncomfortable at first because... I mean, it's just having those unpleasant conversations is just difficult. You have to kind of call someone out on something bad that he or she did or a mistake he or she made. And if you, I mean, it's just going to be awkward the first time you do it until you get used to it. And you have to keep in the back of your mind that, you know, this isn't personal. I'm evaluating you on your performance and your job. And, you know, I, I have to tell you this news to correct a behavior or, and just really coach and mentor you so you don't make this mistake again and then you as a person and therefore we as an organization can move forward yeah yeah for sure but it sounds like a very sort of systemic way no emotions involved but i guess a lot of i mean yeah it's quite difficult would you say to kind of separate the emotion from the sort of yeah from the the, the you know the rational approach oh it definitely is it's, it's still challenging to this day and i've been doing it for over a decade you know we have to, in many situations, have to have the interests of the organization or the best interests of the organization in mind because that is why we are there. That's who is employing us. And that is this organization will, if run successfully, remain as a living entity long after we're gone. But at the same time, the person and the other people who are in that business kind of as the lifeblood are, are human beings. They have feelings, they have emotions, they have families and you know, it's a very, very fine line on just being robotic and laying down the hammer all the time with no emotion to being empathetic and sympathetic with that person. And, you know, just there, there's a lot of gray area in there and they're really, really good and effective leaders know how to get results while making sure the business or organization is taken care of while still making sure that they're fulfilling the needs of the people 
that they're working with. What would you say? You kind of talked about this earlier. What would, but so like one or two things that you can think of that either that you've worked on or you've covered on the podcast, uh, one or two things that makes a good leader. The two things that I always say are humility and trust. Humility being that, you know, I really, it's hard for me to get on board and follow a leader who is arrogant and is always trying to take credit for everything. And by no means I am perfect, but how I try to tell myself that that I want to act, I want to take the responsibility for the bad stuff and then push the congratulations or the good stuff down to my people. So if something goes wrong, I want to take the blame for it. If our group does something right and I'm the leader of that group, I say, you know, it wasn't me. It was my it was the people who are there working on it. So be humble. Second one is build trust. Trust is like the foundation. I say one of the pillars of of effective leadership, getting people to follow you. They they know that what you are doing is in the best interests of them and for the company. And you're honest and they can come to you with problems and have the confidence that you will be looking out for them and and you're there to take care of them. Yeah, no, those are two, yeah, they're, they're really good things actually. And what I've, what I've seen, I've worked under, you know, many different people in, in the past and um, many different leaders. And I feel like a lot of people who have that leadership role, I feel like a lot of them take that power to their heads and they kind of just, I think, you know, to one of your, your tips, they take it, and they, they become quite arrogant in, in their leadership because of the power it brings them. Yeah, you're totally right. And one of one of my current leaders who is, again, I have the privilege of working with some of the best leaders in, I would say, the, the U.S. military. Her One of her mottos is, I can't do my job without you all, you know, looking at us, the team that works for her. But we, she'll say, you can do your job without me which is, tr- I mean, that's so true. The leader is there. The leader cannot do the job without the people working for him or her. But the people who are down there, I mean, they, they know what to do and they know what their job is and could affect could do it, maybe not as effectively as they could without a leader, but they, but they could do it without somebody way at the top telling them what to do. So it was just, I think it's a very interesting perspective. And when she said that for the first time, really made me think about about it and and it's very true in a lot of ways was your motivation behind the podcast to kind of learn more about leadership as well as you know spreading the message of what makes a good leader it was a little bit of both i i'm always open to learning more about leadership i I try to consider myself like a lifelong learner and pretty much every time i have a guest on the show i learn something from him or her i mean i do everybody has such a unique background and Shoot, I don't think there's one episode where I walked away and didn't didn't learn something new or at least have a new perspective on on the topic we were discussing. But so in that, I wanted to kind of use the podcast as a self improvement technique, maybe a little selfishly there. And then the second one was, yeah, exactly what you said. I want to spread the message and just help other people out because, especially for people who are going from going into leadership roles for the first time, it's daunting. It's stressful, it's challenging, and I wanted to use the podcast as just any kind of help that or advice that I can give those folks to to kind of give them a little bit of confidence and and some tools to use. I want them to have those resources. Yeah, for sure. What's the biggest sort of lesson that you think 
you've learned through the through the guests that you've had on the podcast through the guests yeah through the guests that i've had on probably one of the common themes i've seen that my guests like to discuss because it is very important is emotional intelligence so if you haven't listeners if you haven't checked out what emotional intelligence is do a quick google there is a book called emotional intelligence 2.0 that I read several years ago, and it is really, really good and puts a lot of good perspective just about kind of there's IQ, you know, how smart you are, for lack of a better term. And then there's EQ, emotional intelligence, how aware you are of of others' feelings, others' reactions and kind of self-awareness. So that is very important to be a successful leader. Yeah, that's really interesting. So where do you kind of see the end goal of this podcast? The end goal, I just want to, you know, really get, I don't want to say bigger leaders, but maybe more recognizable leaders. And I would kind of like to hear their, maybe their origin stories, not so much as starting their business. Like, like for example, Mark Cuban, you know, someone on Shark Tank, I would love to pick his brain about yeah. what he learned in leadership, not necessarily his business, because, you know, I can read that on the internet and answer most of my questions, but like, what, what was your biggest challenge stepping into that role? Not just running a company, but like being a leader. What, what were some hard lessons you learned? What were some mistakes you've made and what can you recommend to other leaders to maybe avoid making the mistakes that you made? So definitely want to get uh, bigger guests on the show. And if I was able to monetize at some point, that would be great, but would love to do some more, blog posts about it and yeah i just i just think it's so much fun that's really it it's just a hobby and i I love talking to people yeah yeah definitely and um i mean that's kind of the motivation behind why like my own podcast as well i think that's a common theme between anyone that has their own podcast it's just just quite fun isn't it to 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 have these conversations with people that you would you'd want to have these conversations with anyway yeah totally is i mean like just look at you and i i mean we're on the other different sides of the world and this is our second conversation that we're having. And if it weren't for podcasting, we probably never would have had a conversation. So it's just an awesome platform for that. So going to the the Talking Llama podcast, this is why I wanted to actually have you on, but then I found out (laughs) it's actually a lot more interesting talking about the Get Heard podcast. (laughs) But the Talking Llama podcast, I've had so many questions from people, you know, as soon as I launched, how do you start a podcast and what tips do you have and stuff like that? And I, you know, I was, I was trying to think about how I can kind of deliver this information to people. Do I do like a video or something? And I was like, you know what? Let me, let me talk to someone who's been in the game longer than I have because they probably know more than me. And that's kind of how I discovered the Talking Llama podcast. So, what was the kind of motivation behind that? And actually, before that, what is the Talking Llama podcast? Sure. Well, the Talking Llama podcast is the second podcast I started just because I loved the arts and the technical stuff of of making a podcast so much i wanted to just have a kind of platform to talk about just that so yeah just want to get people to consider if you like listening to podcasts consider starting your own podcast it's it's rather simple to do i wouldn't say it's easy but it's simple and you know it's a great way to to leave a legacy build a personal brand about who you are and you know, something that if if someone gets to wants to get to know you, you can just send them your link and they can really get an in-depth look 
at what you stand for. So yeah, that's exactly it. So what's the biggest sort of tips that you've learned yourself going through the experience and the biggest lessons that you've that you've learned through actually doing a podcast? The biggest lesson, and I would say one of the foundations of being successful at it is being consistent. So whatever your whatever kind of time frame that you can commit yourself to, whether it's one episode a month, two episodes a month, three, four, one episode a week or something like that, stick to it. And I would say, especially when you're starting, under-promise and over-deliver. So if you don't know how much time you're going to be able to allocate to it, maybe just start with once a month. Or I know when I started mine, it was two episodes a month. It was on the 1st and the 15th. And I did that for several months. I got comfortable doing that. I got a little bit more efficient in my kind of process that I that I have. And then I was able to add a third episode a month. And then before I knew it, I was doing one a week and I had that done pretty easily for Get Heard. And then I like, you know what, I'm going to challenge myself here. And then I just started a second podcast. So be consistent and uh, hold yourself accountable is, is really, really important, especially when starting. Mate, how do you do it? I'm actually, <laughs> I'm kind of in awe of you. I don't know how you do it because you have two, you know, consistent podcasts while also working full time, while also you know you have you have you're a family man, you have you have kids. How do you kind of manage your time with all of that? I do a lot of batch recording, and I use I use okay. Calendly to set up a a schedule of of when I can interview people. So I try to lump those together as much as possible, and then I either wake up really really early, or on my Friday and Saturday night I will stay up till midnight or so editing and knocking out all the behind the scenes stuff. But it's just very, I don't know my, I don't want to say I'm neurotic, but I kind of am neurotic. I just like, I I get so focused on something and, and I'm just so like, I don't want to let my listeners down and, and not be ready with episodes to be published. Not that I have like tens of thousands of listeners, anything very far from that, but it's just, I don't know if it's, a little bit of my anal retentiveness and and pride that I just want to I want to stay consistent and you know people say they don't have time to do stuff and it's very common with a lot of things in life not just podcasting you have to make the time so yeah. I mean I wake up at 4 a.m. every day and on the weekends I'm up until you know midnight doing editing of my podcast so you have to want it and you have to dedicate yourself to to your podcast. You know, I read something somewhere that most podcasts don't go past like the six month mark because people get burned out and find that they can't keep up with it. And, you know, it's yeah. just, it's like something, if you're passionate about it, you just got to keep pushing through and push, push through the suck. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever considered, I know, you know, uh, Scott from Entrepreneurs Can Party is, has been pretty vocal about this, but He's he's hired someone uh, in the Philippines or Vietnam, I can't remember where, to do his editing for him. Have you ever considered doing that? Yeah, he he and I had a good discussion about that. I think he uses someone in the Philippines, and I have considered that. And you know, I'm I would say I'm on like the cusp or the border of that would be kind of next level for me. So it's definitely something I'm considering. Yeah. I would like to get a little bit of money coming into the shows before I go down that that route but that would definitely that would definitely free up a lot of my time to do that so definitely considering it uh, that's really cool you actually have 
I thought you were already monetizing slightly because I know you sell some merchandise for your for your Talking Llama podcast, right? Yeah, so I have sold a couple things for Talking Llama, but I mean, I wouldn't say enough to cover a virtual assistant in any regard. So just a little bit of income coming in. But uh, yeah, that's that's exciting making some merchandise. My my wife actually makes a lot of the merchandise too. So if you see on my Instagram some talking llama swag on there. My wife makes it some t-shirts. We're coming out with some other stuff. So um, I think the logo is just freaking incredible. So I just, I want to build a brand behind that. And of course with my message. Yeah, no, I really like get it. Some, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I love, I love the cover. It's, it's it, it definitely drew my, and the name as well. Where did the name come from? So my youngest daughter, I have three kids, but my youngest daughter, Sophie loves llamas and I don't know what, I don't know how we got on this topic a while ago, but you know, we just, llamas are so confident, like as my wife and I were talking about her obsession with llamas and, you know, you just, you just look at them and they, they just like, they just have this you look in their eyes. They just look like they're these confident creatures and they don't care what you think about them. And then if you, <laughs> you piss them off too much, they'll just spit at you. And they're like, you know what? No, you're not going to mess with me. Yeah. So that confidence is, is what I want <laughs> that's the confidence behind the brand uh, I'm trying to build. And, you know, as content creators, especially podcasters, we should be confident. We all have stories to tell. We should tell our stories proudly. And, you know, if people are going to be out there and hate your message, there's going to be two or three more people that appreciate and, and your message resonates with. So be proud about who you are and, you know, speak your legacy as a podcaster. Yeah, no, I like that. And a lot of people I've spoken to, have have uh, a big sort of motivation as to why they want to start a podcast is because you know they've they've read about Joe Rogan and they've read about the sort of the recent deal they did with Spotify and they're like wow there's so much money in this how can I get a chunk of it yeah I mean there's not there there's a lot of money in it if you're the Joe Rogan level and he had quite a following before he started his podcast so if you're getting into podcasting to become a millionaire you're definitely, you're more than likely going to be disappointed. And it's definitely going to be a while before you enter that territory. But I mean, I kind of just think of it like, you know, how many high school bands were there that would play in their garage, you know, when we were in high school or college or something. And like, you know, you, you can do that relatively easily. You get a guitar, your friend has some drums, you go in the, in the garage, write some songs. It doesn't mean that you're going to be the next Beatles or anything, you know? So I kind of think of that like with podcasting and Joe Rogan. I mean, he is like the exception to the rule for podcasters. And again, I mean, he was famous before he had a podcast, so definitely helped him there, but it shouldn't be about becoming extremely wealthy or famous. It should be about collaborating with other great people from around the world and creating a brand and telling your story yeah for sure and any sort of money that comes in is a bonus and also you know it's the uh it's a kind of like a reward for all the hard work that you've put in over the times that you haven't actually monetized that's the way i kind of see it yeah that's a great way to look at it yeah how close would you say that you are to to monetizing i would say i still got a ways to go yet i don't think i have the listenership at the moment to you know kind of get big interest from from outside entities. So I think instead of approaching it looking for some ad revenue, going to dabble my my feet in the kind of merch realm, 
because I think the logo is just awesome. I was so fortunate that I found that graphic designer who could make that and just try to try to go that way because I think that's a little different from what most podcasters are doing and just something I want to experiment with and try. As well, I don't know about you, but I don't think that you need to spend that much money to actually start a podcast. I think that's a that's a big barrier to a lot of people who who are thinking about starting is that oh, there's a lot of you know you have to spend a lot of money to start. I I didn't start with that much money. I maybe spent I don't know. It was definitely under forty pounds. Um, but like yeah, how like how much would you say that you started off with? You know, you can start making a podcast for absolutely free. There's some free hosting platforms out there. Anchor is one of them that's totally free. But I started with Buzzsprout, which I think was about eight or nine US dollars per month. So not a lot. I was able to upload, yeah. I think, three three or four hours of audio content per month. And I found I quickly outgrew that because when I have free time, I was batch recording so much that I would have more than four hours of audio content to upload in a month. And then it was just really confusing that I would have finished audio files sitting on my computer somewhere, but I couldn't upload them to the Buzzsprout server. And then I would get some episodes out of order and it was a real pain in the butt. But um, so you don't need to spend a lot of money. And especially if you're starting out and you're kind of going at a slower pace than that, Buzzsprout is a great, I think, step up from Anchor. You get some great kind of metrics and statistics of your listeners. And I think it's about eight US dollars a month. So don't spend a lot of money. Either dabble with the free host or Buzzsprout for super cheap to see if it's something that you can stay committed to or even if you enjoy doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I currently use Anchor, but yeah, I'm 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 earlier on in my journey and I'm kinda of, I'm I'm thinking about switching. To be honest though, Anchor's been pretty good so far. I haven't had any problems with it um good. so yeah i'll probably stick with it for the time being uh but yeah i guess with a lot of people who want to sort of put their toe in the water of podcasting i think anchor is probably a good way or you know the bus route they have a free trial as well so right. yeah i don't think money should be i mean just to try it out of course money shouldn't be a barrier at all right and if you want to do your own editing which i strongly encourage as i still do if you're a PC user, Audacity, totally free audio editing software. Of course, if you have a Mac, GarageBand it comes on your computer. So you don't need to spend a whole lot of money for this kind of high-speed, high-tech audio editing software either. Yeah. So let's talk about your background a little bit more just to kind of like, then, we'll, then we can wrap up. Yeah, um, sure. So so, you, so where do you kind of work at the moment? Are you still in the in the U.S. Army? Yeah, so I'm currently in the U.S. Army. I'm, outside, I'm stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which is, we live on the Kentucky-Tennessee border. Closest big city is Nashville, Tennessee, for those of you who are unfamiliar with this kind of unknown area of the U.S., not a whole lot down here, <laughs> but Na- Nashville is relatively close. And yeah, I'm on my, I think this will be year three of active duty, in the army and the 101st airborne division right now and currently a company commander of 163 soldiers wow god and um have you always been stationed there have you been stationed elsewhere as well so my wife was actually in the service as an officer before and while well, i was in the civilian world in the reserve component and she was uh, she was at fort lewis out in washington state outside of seattle so We've been out in Seattle for four years, and we've been down here in Kentucky, Tennessee for four years, three years. And have you actually, uh, 
I don't know too much about I don't know too much about this, but what is it actually that you you would do on like a day to day basis? So responsible for the training, welfare, readiness of all those soldiers. So my company has sixty like tractor trailer trucks, like legitimate tractor trailer trucks, and drive forty foot trailers all over the country. The unit was in Kuwait before I got to it for nine months delivering it's a transportation unit so driving stuff from point a to point b <laughs> so have you actually been have you ever been abroad to uh, have you been stationed abroad i was in afghanistan for nine months from june of 18 to march of 19 was in ba at bagram airfield in afghanistan and that was that was a really cool opportunity got to work with soldiers from all over the world, a lot of uh, your fellow service members from uh, the UK, and it was just, it was so cool to work with them. There are a lot of Australians there, Germans, Italians. It was just it was a great experience. What did you kind of go up to there? Was it also logistics? We did. We were managing the logistics for the whole entire country of Afghanistan. So um, was doing a lot of planning, uh, mission planning, doing a lot of kind of high level oversight stuff i was not really out exposed at all was kind of yeah we call call ourselves fobbits because a fob is a forward operating base and a fobbit is someone who never leaves it kind of like a hobbit if you get what i'm saying there <laughs> so yeah, yeah. stayed stayed on the base almost the whole time and we're just kind of planning and moving planning the movements of stuff from point a to point b throughout the country yeah yeah i mean i can't i can't really imagine like yeah, being in Afghanistan, being in another country stationed in the army, it's just something that's it's just so alien to me. It it was eye-opening and it was uncomfortable at times, but it was a great experience. And I'm, I think I'm a better army leader for having been exposed to that stuff. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a massive sort of push out of your comfort zone, isn't it? So you must have learned a lot from the experience. Definitely. And I... I mean, I learned more in that nine months about army logistics than I think I would have learned in probably five or 10 years, you know, back here in the US learning that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Are there any sort of like opportunities going forwards that you really want to take advantage of uh, in respect to the army? I would like to, for my next assignment, if I can be an instructor at an ROTC program, kind of like where I came from and my wife came from, that's actually how we met if I could be an instructor and kind of help mold and shape those cadets who are in university, you know, before they go out into the real army as commissioned officers and instruct them, that would be, that would just be a great opportunity. And I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do your, um, do your colleagues know about the podcast as well? A couple of them do. It's not something that I advertise, not because I'm embarrassed of it, but I mean, I just, I don't know. Being being in a command position, it's just not something I'm advertising at the moment. Not a shame of it. I've told some of my peers about it, and they listen to it, and a few of them actually enjoy it, which is great. And you know, yeah. But it must be good, you know, especially for the Get Heard podcast because you, I mean, the contacts that you must have made in the army sort of leadership game must be huge. Yes, and a lot of the stories that I tell on the Get Heard podcast are about people who I still work with too. So that's a lot of the reason why I don't share it so much. And, you know, 
if it's for people, if I'm sharing stories about people I currently work with, they're, they're good stories. So it's not like, yeah, I, I'm ashamed of saying it, but like, I don't want them to listen to it and be like, Oh wow, that story is about me. Like, I, don't, I don't want to embarrass them <laughs> or anything. You got any stories for just to close the podcast? You can give us one, one story to close it. So I have an episode about this, but one story, I was sitting with my, my boss. It was, I don't know, about 8 p.m. or so in Afghanistan. We shared, we sat next to each other in a, in a little cubicle farm in the office. And we were just going back and forth. We were tired. I don't know. I probably was coming down on a crash from my energy drinks or something. And he said, you know, Ian, I have three, there's three steps or three things you need to do to be successful in the army or probably just successful in life. Step one is get to work. Step two is work harder. And step three is keep working. And now that's like our inside (laughs) joke. And I'm like, you know what, sir? I mean, you're you're not too far off. If you do those three things, you will get some level of success. And at at least in the army, you'll do pretty darn well. I mean, yeah, it's just a lot of work, isn't it? It's (laughs) It's just endless working. It is. I mean, and you have to be willing to grind went yeah. through the hard times and when other people you know don't want to you got to be that that force that keeps doing it yeah yeah for sure yeah really good story thanks thank you so much for joining me on the podcast ian um where can people kind of stay in touch with you moving forward yeah well again thank you so much for having me i just man i just, so fun i love talking to people everybody but especially from the other side of the world and i appreciate you know you asking me to be on the show so if you want to find out more about what I'm doing, go to talkinglama.com. You can see all the latest llama happenings, everything that I'm about, and check me out on Instagram at ianroth1, I-A-N-R-O-T-H, and the number one. Okay, sweet. Yeah, definitely keep in touch for all things llama. Uh, so yeah, thank, thanks again, Ian, and uh, yeah, I'll see you soon. All right, take care, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to Ian. It was really cool that he was in another country. Like The, the podcast is going international. It's pretty cool. I've actually got an opportunity for you guys. If you are between the ages of 18 and 30, there's a really cool scheme by Innovate UK that's supporting young entrepreneurship. Basically, by in, over the next three years, they're committing £2.2 million to support young people in developing their innovative ideas to change the, the face of, of business in Britain. And so they're opening applications, I think, on the 15th of June. So by the time this goes out, it'll already be open and it will, it's closing sometime in September. Um, and they're giving a £5,000 grant along with like funding and a living allowance. It's, it's a really cool scheme. I'm definitely applying for it. So uh, I thought I'd let everyone know. So yeah, uh, if, you, if you are interested, definitely apply. I'll leave the link in the description. If you did enjoy this episode, please be sure to leave a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on your Instagram page. Uh, leave some feedback either on the, on the review or message me directly. And yeah, I'll see you in the next episode.